This episode of the Major Spoilers Podcast is brought to you in part by our Major Spoilers VIP members. Thank you for your support of Major Spoilers and the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. If you'd like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com and sign up today. Thank you in advance. The Major Spoilers Podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. And I'm Stephen, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, we're bringing 2014 to a close, and frankly, it's been an Eddie Haskell jerkwad of a year, so I probably won't miss it. There's more shakeups in store for the Avengers. Zach and Stephen go to the movies, and more news from the final frontier. Plus, Ant-Man's not the only bug in town, and our usual combination of brilliance, insight, and frippery. Tell your old acquaintance to be forget and never bring him to mind, because the Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air for the final time in 2014. Welcome to issue 605 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing this podcast with a friend. And thank you, everyone, who used the Amazon link this holiday season and buying all your gifts for your friends. Uh, we really appreciate that. If you uh, want to uh, continue in on the action and support one of your favorite podcasts, then by all means, head over to Majorspoilers.com. Click on that Amazon.com banner. Bye, bye, bye away, and a little bit comes back our way. And we certainly appreciate everything that you do to make us work harder for you. Um. Uh, yeah, as Matthew said, this is our last podcast of 2014. Hooray! I'm glad it's over. <laughs> be sure. To, be sure to tune in to uh, top uh, five this week. It'll be our first podcast of 2015, yeah. where we will talk about the top five things that occupied our time in 2014. So, uh, be sure to check that out on the Major Spoilers Podcast Network Master Feed. Uh, Matthew is here. Uh, Zach is here. Rodrigo is still yes. in hibernation for a few more weeks, I believe. And uh, let's just get into it. Um, end of the year, not a whole lot going on, but Marvel went ahead and started sending out those crazy teaser images again, <laughs> featuring uh, <laughs> featuring Quicksilver and uh, the Scarlet Witch and Rogue and Voodoo and uh, Voodoo. Yeah, that was one from yesterday. Brother Voodoo. The Brother Voodoo. No, no, no. Uh, what does it say? I think this voodoo is what it's, it's just what it's titled. Well, yeah, but the character's name has been historically Brother Voodoo. Voodoo is the stripper from Wildcats. Okay. Um, so there you go. What's going on with this? It happens on January 28th, and cutoff date to order your Uncanny Avengers books is January 5th. From the ashes, a new team of Avengers assembles. What, what ashes have occurred in the uh, Uncanny wow. Avengers world? Did they have a big fight? Did they well, have there one was of those the, things whole, that made the Marvel Universe never the same again? Well, yeah, the Axis thing. The oh. Uncanny Avengers were led by Captain America, yeah. who has had his super soldier serum removed and is now 80. Yeah. Um, Wonder Man died. Mm-hmm. Rogue now has all the powers of a Wonder Man. Yeah. Let's see, what else happened? Um, I There was some time, space, and dimension, and something about Havoc and the Wasp having a baby in the future. Not so essentially, sure. so well. essentially, all we're doing is getting a new Uncanny Avengers team. Yes, but it has Quicksilver on it, <laughs> and Quicksilver has been in the the X stable for the last two or three years. I want to say, um, not probably anymore. since Dan Slott. 
Yeah, since Dan Slott was on Mighty Avengers. Ever since uh, Marvel Studios decided they needed to use Quicksilver in their movie, he's no longer an X-Man. Well. At at some point, do you think they're going to cut down on just the amount of Avengers books leading up to, you know, the more nope. Avengers movies you think they're gonna nope as I mean, long as as long as uh, Fox has the X-Men property they will wind down the X-Men titles and crank up the well, Avengers I mean, titles because but, I mean I mean just the specific like Avenger team books because they're gonna get I think it's gonna be confusing for some people seeing well what who are these uncanny Avengers why are these aren't my Iron Man uh, Captain America Thor people what what is what is, what is this what is this about The thing about the Avengers books the way they are right now is they've actually taken the Avengers and fragmented them into teams that sort of kind of make sense. Because you have the the Mighty Avengers, which are the Falcon, leading mostly street-level heroes as Captain America with Luke Cage and Spider-Man. And I think She-Hulk may have been in there. I don't remember. But then you also have your Uncanny Avengers, which is basically X-Men stories with the Avengers in them. And your basic Avengers book. And then I think Avengers World, which is kind of like a big Avengers team up. There's like 30 active Avengers right now, over five teams, I want to say. Mm, well, and that's not even and, counting the dead Avengers like uh, uh, Wolverine. So, you know, anyway, should, you know, they should have a title. <laughs> Marvel should have a title next year called the Dead Avengers. And it's just, oh, it's just yeah. like years ago. It's just like You're, Wolverine and all the recently deceased. Uh, they could have thrown Spider-Man in there at one time, and uh, probably maybe the, yeah. And uh, you could have adventures in the afterworld. Death doesn't mean what it means in the Marvel. <laughs> it should. death is like right now. If we were in the Marvel, I'm going to take a really long nap. Oh no, Rodri- Stephen has died. Rodrigo would be dead. That's <laughs> that's what it is. We would be we would be upset that Rodrigo had died in issue 600. And he'll be back in a big double-sized issue 610 in a few weeks. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, so don't panic, everybody. Situation normal. All Rodrigo's body is running around piloted by Rob, but how much trouble could that be? So uh, Marvel <laughs> sent out some poster art this week, some banner art. I guess it's going to be showing up in movie theaters soon. Have you seen this yet, Zach? Uh, no, I haven't seen it anywhere yet. Okay, so it's going to be showing up soon at some place. But it features Ant-Man, and we've seen the costume before, so that's nothing new. Yes. But added onto this poster is Yellow Jacket. Yeah. Yeah, he looks mm. all waspy, doesn't he? Looks yeah, all looks, yeah. Does he look a like a arms. Yellow Jacket? Well, Yellow well, Jackets have eight legs, don't they? No, six legs. They're insects. Don't they have wings? Uh-huh. I don't see any wings. Unless they're those ones coming well, off his shoulders. Yeah, I think those are the things coming off his shoulders. They also have a pneumothorax. Which uh, he doesn't. Yeah, he have also doesn't have a human. I don't know. It's a really a different look from Yellow Jacket than what we've seen in the comics. It is very tech. Um, mm-hmm. I think. I think you can define probably the last decade, maybe, of superheroes. At least the last six years for sure. That uh, tech, and you see this in football too. Tech means the hexagonal uh, or the uh, yeah the hexagonal uh, grid. Yeah. On on the. Uh, Uniform means high tech. Yeah, I, I I agree with that assessment. And you know, it's it's kind of the thing we talked about recently. I think you and I talked about Spider Woman's new costume. She doesn't have any needing any to tech. be. But this is the thing: needing to be camera oh, ready, yeah, 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 needing yeah. to mm-hmm. look look modern and movie ready. And I think yeah. that's what this yellow jacket thing is. Well, this and is this is the direction. this is the movie this is the movie version. This is the movie poster. Yeah. So yeah, this is this is it. But it's just a little. A little odd and awkward, I guess, because in the way that the movie's pitched, 
uh, you know, uh, Scott Lang is hired by um, Hank Pym to go in and steal back this technology, which presumably the Yellow Jacket technology was once the original Ant-Man technology that mm. the bad guy has purloined to his own devices. Purloined. Yeah. Is Yellow Jacket legit the uh, the villain? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it is the bad costumed villain in this movie. Uh, I think okay. there's a whoever is behind him at the corporate level that uh, has whoever's in control of uh, Pim's company. Right. That's who is the the main bad guy. Do we know who's playing Yellow like, Jacket? Uh, we do. Uh, let we me do? look it up. I can't remember. Imdbit.comet and Ant I, hyphen Manit. <laughs> in 2015, we have uh, Evangeline Lilly playing Hope Van Dyne. Haley Atwell playing Peggy Carter, Paul Rudd playing Scott Lang, uh, Judy Greer playing Maggie, Corey Stoll will be playing Yellow Jacket and Darren Cross, who yes, maybe he is right. the uh, Hank Pym's boss. Uh, Michael Douglas playing Hank Pym, uh, Bobby, Ca- uh, what is it, Cannonvale playing Paxton, uh, Michael uh, Pafia, or oh, Pina, sorry, uh, Luis uh, Wood Harris playing Gale, Vanessa Ross playing Jogger. <laughs> John Slatterly playing Howard Stark, mm-hmm. uh, T.I. playing uh, Dave, and a whole bunch of other people. Don't forget well, that all-important jogger. Darren Cross is a comic book character, yes. mm-hmm. um, the owner of Cross Technological Enterprises, yep. whose backstory in the comics is all tied up with Hawkeye. But I want to say that he became Crossfire. Mm. Well, he be- he's going to become Yellow Jacket. Mm. Oh, well. I do like Corey, uh, Corey Stoll, though. I loved him on House of Cards. Yeah. He's been picking up on some uh, more stuff recently since then. He also. was, I think, the original penciler on uh, Bob Kirkman's Invincible. It's a very different costume. That's all I'll say. I'm not mm-hmm. sure that I um, – it just looks very foreign to me. But at the same time, it also looks very Doc Ock to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm afraid that people – some people might go in going, oh, well, that's Dr. Octopus. What they do to Dr. Octopus's costume? Well, I don't think people are going to. Well, do I that. hope I don't not. necessarily. No, not comic fans wouldn't. Well, no, I don't think any fans would because mm. I mean the people who know who Doctor Octopus are, twelve years after Doctor Octopus last appeared in a movie, are in fact the comic fans. No, I don't think so. Uh, I think that I think that enough people know that who Doctor Octopus is. I I am worried about the fact that it looks spidery. Yeah. Because it has four mechanical arms, and he has four well, arms. Well, okay, so then maybe not Doc Ock, but then Venom. Venom doesn't have eight arms. No, but he's black, and he looks like a spider. And we've seen Venom before. I'm just saying that... You're confusing me. <laughs> good. So you're uh, worried about confusion in the marketplace. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm just not... I'm not sold on... The name Yellow Jacket going with this costume, and mm-hmm. I think at first glance it will confuse a number of people to have to stop and take a second look and go, okay, who's this? The uninitiated person who's familiar with Marvel movies, going to see this in the movie theater and go, oh, who's that guy? Oh, is this Venom uh, from Spider-Man? Oh, is this uh, Doc Ock? I don't know who this guy is because it doesn't list you know, who this guy is. It's not, you know, the poster doesn't say Ant-Man with special appearance by Yellow Jacket. <laughs> Tonight's guest star, Yellow Jacket. <laughs> guest star is always the bad guy, everybody. Is it? Always. That's that's not true. If you're watching um, NCIS Los Angeles, 
the bad guy is always the person who is not conventionally handsome. If there's a fat guy, he's your killer. If there's a girl who's not all made up and pretty looking, she's your killer. If there's a geeky guy wearing glasses and he's not one of the regular people, he's your killer. They'll see. There you go. And you know, he's I'm usually at, the guest star. Go ahead. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the, the, the yellow jacket outfit from the comics. Mm-hmm. And that thing looks great for attacking side blows to the head, but horrible for peripheral vision. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why he has the big multifaceted uh, eye pieces. Yeah, they give him three hundred and sixty degree vision. Uh-oh. I was like, and and I love the fluctuation and how big those black, I don't even know what they are. Just um, flanges, wings, they're I guess. Flanges. Whatever they are, they how they just well, how they vary between artists and how big and how small they. Yeah, well, definitely, them. like we were talking last week, you have to make something screen ready. And if someone showed up like this, he would be the uh, uh, condiment king that gets punched out in the first uh, five minutes of the of, yeah. the of the episode. So. Uh, well. That original yellow jacket suit has some things going for it. I, I don't hate the black and gold. But, yeah, there's no way that you can translate it directly. It's it's still of the era when a suit was lines drawn on a naked human form, basically. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the way it is still today. Uh, well, I cannot wait until we get our first look at this trailer. Zach, any idea when we might see that? I've heard some people saying that, uh, you know, towards the beginning of 2015, that we could be getting one pretty soon so i mean 2015 is only what two days away yeah yeah i so, I, so uh, what is the big trailer that we're supposed to see this weekend uh this weekend yeah the the um July, what is G- it uh, new year's i thought maybe it was ant-man maybe it is ant-man i know because that's what i know people have said that that's that's a possibility that we could get something from them um i mean avengers is only four months away and well, we've, seen, we've already well, seen we two saw, of those. Yeah. We saw a trailer for that uh, a while ago. So this would be about the time that Marvel would start showing off their first thing. I don't remember when the first trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy came out, but I feel like it was pretty. It was uh, way before the film. I mean, months and months before the film came out. So yeah. we, I mean, we're getting around the time that Ant Man uh, footage should be first shown. The other one that we may be getting an early one is uh, possibly Dawn of Justice. Oh, really? Yeah, we'll see. I I, I have little uh, hope for that one, but uh, yeah. yeah, we haven't really seen anything. That, I think yeah. probably Ant Man is the one that'll probably pop up next. So yeah. be on the lookout for it. And if you see it, let us know. What you probably won't see in the theater this weekend is a trailer for Star Trek Three. No, that'd be hard. Yes, that'd be very hard. Um, to <laughs> Robert Orchi has left. They're not using his uh, script. He's not directing, so they've got to rewrite the whole script. And instead, they've brought in Justin Lin to direct the movie, which is interesting because uh, if you look at Justin Lin's um, movies that he's directed, Fast and Furious, Fast Five, Fast and Furious Six. And then, of course, he did that (laughs) one awesome episode that I watched again last night of True Detective, where it just has that one giant shot of them oh, running the through long, the ghetto. Is it the long tracking shot I heard yeah, a lot yeah. about? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I have you not seen? Have you need to, okay. I haven't watched that show yet. That show is effed up, man. I have, I've, everyone I've heard talk about it says pretty good things about it. it. It is really good. And I can't wait. I'm halfway through the series now. I've got three more episodes left. There's only eight episodes. You can be done with it pretty right, quick. Right. It's pretty, pretty, pretty small. But it is a mind messer. <laughs> so what do we think of uh, Justin Lin taking on Star Trek 3? And we also have a release date, July 6, 2016, the, the 50th anniversary year of the television series. Do we know anything about the story or anything? We know that it's Star Trek Three, and it's got stars 
and Trek and probably Vulcans. I was so disappointed by Trek Into Darkness. Man, so many. I, I don't I, know. Somebody today was, uh, I don't know, standing up for uh, Wrath of Khan remake. Uh, mm. And I just hated that movie. I just can't. I think I saw it. I think I saw that. Yeah, they said it was the best Star Trek movie ever and like leaps and bounds better than the 2009 version. I don't know. I just knowing that they lied from the very beginning and they weren't they well, weren't willing to admit that they were lying really pissed me off going into lied. it. The story doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. The story it's doesn't not spacey. make sense. And the thing about it is, you know, and, and someone was talking to me and I asked her and she's like, I ha- I've seen that movie like four times and I still can't tell you what happens to Khan at the end. And you get to the point where Admiral Robocop shows up and you're like, why would Admiral Robocop have done the things he did at the beginning of the movie if he's just going to try and kill them at the end of the movie? And then, of course, there's a question of why, you know, Jim Kirk has to be a rebel maverick who breaks all the rules. Because that's and- what he is. No, he doesn't. He's never been that. Yeah, yes. How many times? How many times has Jim Kirk defied Starfleet orders to do what was right? Jim Kirk is a decorated veteran who went through Starfleet. Yeah, who was through the academy, not like some maverick who was brought in by his uncle Dudley and given a position and patted on the head and said, "You're in command." He's still. He still defied orders many times. He defies orders when the orders don't make sense yeah that's he what i'm saying follows orders i didn't say he didn't follow orders i said but he defies orders new kick new kirk defies orders whether they make sense or not as a knee-jerk response because he's a rebel maverick who doesn't like orders old jim kirk was a part of the starfleet system who was trying to change it from within and who was a decorated and well-respected officer who did things I know who his kirk way is. yeah i understand that I'm finishing a sentence who did things his way, but didn't necessarily, you know, have to be a, a maverick rebel who drives cars off cliffs and sleeps with all the green girls. I've he been did. watching the old series. It happens he did. to be on. So, um, so I don't know. I, I am, you know, we've talked before about Robert Orchie and his track record. Um, he is kind of hit or miss depending on the project that he's working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I'm sorry, Roberto Orchie. Um, you know, he uh, he worked on The Mummy as a producer. He worked on Van Helsing as a producer. He worked on the movie, uh, The Wolfman, as a producer. He worked on Hawaii Five-0, the TV series, as an executive producer. When you look at his writing credits, he's got uh, Sleepy Hollow and uh, Matador and Star Trek Into Darkness and Fringe and Cowboys and Aliens, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. So it's... it's really, he's got a lot. I mean, he... Yeah. I think... From, I've never... I, I've only watched the two... Uh, the first two Fast and the Furious movies, but, yeah, uh, but are, what, uh, people have said that the, the last one, Fast and Furious Six, was some like one of the best one that's been uh, been made so far. Yeah, so, I haven't seen. I, mean, I, haven't seen the, some, I haven't seen the most recent one, but yeah, Justin Lin. Wow, he's really good. Yeah, Justin Lin, yeah, uh, and uh, he also directed the first paintball episode of Community that first season. So that's nice. <laughs> there you go. That's a good episode. Um, you know, I wonder if that means. I mean, uh, Into Darkness did have some big action sequences in it. And so I'm wondering if by bringing in Justin Lin and knowing what he did in uh, the, the episodes that he directed of true detective, I'm wondering if they're bringing him in because they're trying to put even more action into the movies. I mean, JJ Abrams put a lot of action in. I mean, the, even the first uh, star Trek that he did and this last one both had a lot of action in it. Oh yeah. But I don't know how you ramp it up. I mean, I just can't see, 
three, uh, what are they, D-class uh, starships going in to pull off a, a robbery of, of utmost uh, importance. <laughs> I, I just don't see <laughs> they're, they're traveling. What, what's the fastest light speed that we have in Star Trek 10? Warp 10. Probably. Yeah. So uh, maybe they're going to warp it up even, even higher. I don't know. I, I think this is a really surprise that uh, again, Roberto Orchi out. Yeah. Both that's, as his I mean, script and director. That's an interesting thing because he was attached to the first two, right? Yes. He was a writer for the he first re- two. He was the writer for yep. both of them. And then wrote this one and was going to be a director. And then they just, uh, I mean, I wonder what happened. We don't know anything really. I haven't seen uh, anything. What had really happened. Well, I mean, just we, kind of out. we still don't know really what happened with Edgar Wright either, but I wonder if it wasn't something similar to what the, you know, the, the rumors are. The, Let me ask you this. They had a plan for the movie and his direction was taking him away from the plan that they wanted for their movie. Let me ask you this. Oh. Would you rather see... A new okay. Star Trek movie, or would you rather see them bring Star Trek back to the TV? I'd rather see Star Trek back on TV. Um, you know, it probably wouldn't matter to me. What happened? I mean, I still haven't watched the second new Don't. Star Trek movie. Don't. Um, I've never watched any of the Star Trek television shows. Oh, you really should. There's some really good ones. I mean, I've heard they're really good. I don't know. Uh, Not too long ago, I think right. Oh, what was it? Right before Thanksgiving, Playboy had a ranking. They ranked every (laughs) single Star Trek episode ever, regardless of whether it was Enterprise or New Frontier or whatever it was. Uh, I don't think they did New Frontier. I think they did (laughs) actual TV episodes. Yeah, they they did all that. And they just ranked them from best to worst. And it's a fascinating list to look at if you haven't seen it. They're wrong, by the way. Well, that's their opinion, too. So right, they're uh, whether wrong. they're wrong based on your opinion that they're wrong is, is that uh, is where it's no at, so. science proves that they are wrong. No, Matthew. Come on. Science. Let us get to some reviews. reviews. So um, I went and saw this movie and it's about two bumbling idiots who get wrapped up in a government plot and wind up behind enemy lines right when nuclear weapons are about to go off. One of them falls in love with the enemy, and somehow these two idiots save the day. <laughs> you, you could almost say both of them fall in love with the enemy. Well, I'm, I'm talking about Spies Like Us. I don't know what movie you're talking about. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> that was a good one. That so, was the one yeah, where Dan Aykroyd had the thing in the face. Yes. So the Doctor, thing is, Spies Doctor, Like Us Doctor. was a horrible movie. It was poor plot. Uh, It was just basically moving from one joke to another. But as a kid, as someone who was probably, what, I think 12, 13 when this movie came out, I thought it was funny. I thought it was humorous. I thought it had all the body bits and all the right body bit places. But I don't remember the Russians threatening to blow up the theater that I went to go see it in. (laughs) So... Uh, if you've gone over to the major spoilers VIP section, you know, Zach and I had a very long discussion trying to sort out this whole thing about what was going on with the interview. And, and fortunately, Sony made a brilliant move and decided to release it VOD. Uh, it's now out everywhere. I watched it on uh, YouTube, uh, five ninety nine there. Um, you could get it on Google. You can now get it on iTunes. You can get it, uh, Netflix, not yet. They're finalizing that deal, but just about anywhere Xbox live, you can go and see the interview. So I sat down and watched the interview, and the first thing that struck me was I was watching a modern remake of Spies Like Us. Except 
the Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase characters were now news reporters and or a news or a producer and a talk show host. Uh, these guys were being sent to North Korea. I think everybody knows the story. Don't need to go into it. Here's the thing. It's not a particularly good movie. But it's not a particularly bad movie. There are a lot of dick and butt jokes. A lot of things being inserted into anuses. Um, or at least one anus. Um, uh, there is brief nudity. Uh, I think the thing that is probably the most offensive in this movie to me was the, um, what do they call it? The uh, cultural insensitivity is what they call it these days. Uh, basically, it's, it's racism um, disguised as making fun of the way Asians talk. And they only do that like at the very beginning, like five minutes or something. Yeah. In the whole yeah. movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. But other than that, the story is sound. The way that uh, uh, Seth Rogen and uh, James Franco portray their characters is fine. I thought that it was the movie has a very interesting uh, tongue in cheek humor, making fun of media and how they're willing to um, make celebrities out of the dumbest things. Uh, in the case of, of Dave Skylark. And I think there's also some commentary on uh, political involvement um, dealing with North Korea, too. Oh, yeah, there's a I, I mean, I, I, watch, I just watched this last night also. Yeah. And. You know, I was really surprised about the subtle criticisms of America kind oh, yeah, of thrown yeah. in there. Yeah. Which really surprised me, which really I thought made this movie more, you know, worthwhile. Really yeah. Yeah. You I, know, I was in to me, I think it's kind of nice that this movie came out because, uh, you know, I think it puts more the public pop culture sphere of. You know, you know, uh, maybe we should be taking notice of North Korea and then we should also be critical of our own stance in our own countries. Right. Yeah. And, and that's all fine. I think that that's fine. And the the satire that they're putting in there, everything is fine. Yeah. The biggest offense to me was the uh, was the making fun of the language. But everything else was, you know, body 13 year old humor, 18 year old humor. And who were the kids yeah. that were most likely to go see this stoners and 13 year olds, which <laughs> many of them may be the same. But. Um, <laughs> well, you know, um, if you can't buy cigarettes, yes, exactly. You, sh you shouldn't roll your own, but that's just me. <laughs> exactly. Um, I thought the editing was super well done. There is a trippy sequence where, um, they're having dinner with, uh, Kim Jong-un and there's these three little kids on top of a table playing guitars <laughs> and it's just this weird, I mean, the whole movie is trippy in, in its yeah. own sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was extremely well edited. I thought uh, uh, James Franco played the the doof uh, Dave Skylark perfectly. Yes. Uh, I thought Seth Rogen playing uh, Aaron Rappaport was was great because he was the one that tried to have the most sense. I mean, set this 50 years ago, 60 years ago, and this would have been a, a Bing Crosby, uh, Bob Hope movie without the, the, the dick jokes in it. Um, you know, put it back in the 80s and it would have been spies like us. Do I recommend that you go see this movie? You know, if you want to see it, if you want to see all, what all the brouhaha is about, go ahead. But um, don't expect for it to be a life altering experience. If you yeah. want to go in and just kick back and have some if you like 21 Jump Street, you'll probably like the interview. 
of the three movies that I have seen Rogan and Franco in, Pineapple Express, uh, The Interview, and what was the one they did last year? Um, this is the end. This is the end. I would rank them Pineapple Express, The Interview, This is the End, because I hated This oh, is the End. you did? I hated that movie with a passion. See, I thought that movie was amazing it was fine if, if i was again, to rank those if i was to rank those three movies it would be this is the end pineapple express and then the interview oh really hmm. yeah because i i just i mean i appreciate that they were able to get real celebrities to play themselves i appreciate yeah. the take on um religion and the end of the world and stuff yeah um but it was just flat you know the end of the world movies it's the end of the world you, nobody's coming out alive right except for the big song and dance number at the end. <laughs> Pineal, pineapple express i thought was smart yeah. was a super smart movie. And I think the interview attempts to try to, to regain that without the mm-hmm. drug humor. Um, and that's why I would put it to of, of those of yeah. what those two have done. Um, so to me, it is a very middle of the road movie. I know it is a movie that has caused a lot of controversy for people who hated it. I mean, some guy bought 605 tickets and then demanded his money back oh, or something. Doing? I don't know. He was He's probably on drugs. Um, but uh, some people have hated it. Some people have criticized it. Some people have loved it. And I'm sure many people like me are just like, yeah, it was a fine movie. Let's move on. And let's hope that, you know, if somebody is going to threaten somebody not to show a movie again, that we all have common sense and uh, and uh, do the right thing. I think, though, the one thing that does come out of this is that the interview is the largest VOD movie of all time. Uh, it's $15 million so far, at least at the uh, Christmas weekend, once once it was over, $15 million. Yeah. I think it made something like $3 million at the box office in the limited theaters that saw it. I honestly think, and I've been saying this for years, and we have seen some studios release same-day theater, same-day VOD, but these are for small independent films. I honestly think that this is the tipping point, and if someone wants to put their little tinfoil hat on and say this was all done to prove a point that VOD is is the way to go... I, you know, I think we're going to see more studios say, hey, you're right. Let's put this movie out. Let's put The Hobbit out. VOD, same as the theater. We would encourage people to go see it in the theater where it's a bigger experience and they get to see more and experience more. That's why they have 3D. That's why they had it at the different frame rate, all that kind of stuff. But I think this is going to be one of those things that, yes, we're going to forget it like spies like us. We're going to forget that movie in 20 years. But we will remember it because it will be one of those movies that people will say, this is where VOD worked. Now, I worked as in people watching the movie. I think it was pirated over two million times already. And I, I read it was pir- it was pirated just as much as it was downloaded by yeah. being paid for, which is pretty good because when uh, iTunes first started and they were doing paid music, it was a one to one ratio for the pirate of music to uh, uh, yeah. authorized pay. So maybe this is that first for th- for that first step. Uh, the movie was like a hundred and hundred million dollars at least. I want to say one hundred and seven, one hundred and seventy, something yeah. like that. So $15, $18 million that they've brought in so far isn't going to cover themselves. They can use this as a nice tax yeah. write-off. But um, I think seeing how many people were interested in this movie, I think, is a good thing. And may, ch- may change the way that we see distribution in the future. Well, I'm, I think you have to look at, um, no, they didn't bring in a lot of money through VOD. And not enough in any way just to really justify a, a, a studio only releasing major pictures through right. VOD. right. Uh, what I'll be interested in is if uh, Sony stops being mad at the major distributors and the movie chains 
and uh, lets it lets them show it after they were the ones that were the first ones to pull out right. after you know the, I, the threats and things and see what they can recoup at the box office that way if they allow it to go that way because I mean as it's looking it's still a major loss for Sony oh yeah yeah uh, but uh, I mean they did make money uh, it did make a little bit back through the VOD and you know I would say that a large part part of that happened because. Um, they didn't get it on iTunes right away because they were on yeah. a holiday. Yeah, if, if I think that that could be a big deal because I think people that, trust iTunes more. Yes, oh, definitely because I was I waited a whole day before I jumped on and got it through YouTube yeah. because I was like, really, I really, I would really prefer to go through iTunes. Yeah. But then I saw that iTunes had turned Sony down, and I said, okay, well, let me go through through Google. And fortunately, with the way um, my Apple TV works. I can watch YouTube videos, including purchases that I've made through my Apple TV so I can see it in my home theater. So okay. that wasn't such a huge deal. But two days after I watched the movie, then I see, oh, it's now up on iTunes. And I'm yeah. going to bet that we're going to see this this upcoming week, an increase in the number of uh, sales made for the interview. Yeah. So, you know, I don't blame the theater distributors. I mean, looking at a lawsuit and, and everybody being kind of caught between mm-hmm. a rock and a hard place. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I kind of covered a lot of that. In our uh, major spoilers of VIP discussion, Zach, uh, you yeah. know, I don't fault anyone. I do fault that that people bent so easily um, to this. Uh, and, and that's kind of all I'll say on that. But interview, not horrible, not great. Middle of the road, two, two and a half slices of meatloaf. So there you go. Um, Zach, you uh, went and saw a movie this week that I'm very interested in, only I because I saw Into the Woods as the stage musical originally. Oh, you did? Yeah. And I loved it. How was that? Oh, man, it was fan-freaking-tastic. Oh, that's good. Uh, Yeah, uh, I was coming back from a family Christmas down in uh, uh, Oklahoma this week. Oh, man, that sounds like an AMC movie of the week. uh, Yes, it was. 19 people in one little farmhouse. I've seen it. Uh, But we stopped in Wichita, and I got to go to a Warren theater, which is much nicer than our local theater. Uh, and we went and saw Into the Woods. And I was super happy with it. Um, it was a story that combines, oh, Jack and the Beanstalk and Cinderella and Rapunzel and Little Red Riding Hood. Right. You know, these fairy tales that we know into this this larger story where a baker and his wife are trying to uh, get in these ingredients, so to speak, to this witch so that a curse can be lifted off their household and they will be able to have their child and it was yay. kind of yeah yay and you know it's kind of this deconstruction of the fairy tales and the disney movies that we've seen uh and is combining them all into this one showing the characters kind of in a different light or just in a different scenario almost a little bit and i'm watching this i'm watching this film and they get all of their ingredients to the the witch and cinderella is going to marry the prince and everyone's happy I mean, everyone's happy. I'm about ready to do this wedding at the castle, and I'm not gonna have my phone out because I'm not, uh, I'm not a jerk. I don't pull my cell phone out at the movie theater, and I don't know how long this movie's been going. I'm saying this is gonna be a really weird ending for this kind of deconstruction You're of right. this fairy tale, and then all of a sudden a troll falls and or uh, stumps down uh, a vine, and, and the, the, the story has another like hour left. Oh, like, yeah, oh yeah. good, that's, oh, that's good. the the first act in in the, yeah. uh, in the theatrical or in the stage uh, musical. Is the yeah. first act is everybody getting to happily ever after, and then the second mm-hmm. act is what happens after happily ever after. Yeah, 
which was great because you know you're just conditioned watching these fairy tale movies that this is the ending everyone's happy everything's nice now we come to the end but thankfully there was a lot more and i mean the last half uh was really good and watching the characters develop and this movie got dark uh not what i expected to from like a disney musical film Mm -hmm. but you know uh some spoilers i guess but a few characters die that i did not see coming uh which was really interesting and uh really kind of push the whole story forward and uh, i don't know it just worked it i didn't have really much expectation going in to this because i really didn't know what the story of into the woods was at all i think i had maybe seen one trailer for it going in i knew i like anna kendrick and the work she's done and meryl streep's amazing uh and there's just really good stuff there chris pine is in this movie as prince charming and he and Oh, gosh, I don't know who it is. It's another prince who falls in love uh, with Rapunzel. And they have they have a a, a, a duet song uh, towards the beginning, the first half of this film, which is absolutely hilarious. And it really just kind of breaks down the role of what the prince has been mm-hmm. uh, shown as in all of the Disney films and all of, you know, all the fairy tales that we've read as kids. And it just kind of like rubs it in their face and throws it in like how... Uh, uh, you know, narcissistic these princes have been shown and how horrible they are not really the yeah. best people in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was hilarious. We were just rolling. There were some, um, I think I saw a couple of reviews online that say that the movie is a really kind of takes a lot of the bite out of the, the musical, because I guess in the, from what I remember, there are a few bits that were a bit risque in uh, the musical version, especially talking about, Sleeping around and all those kinds of things mm. um, that were maybe toned down in this. But since you don't have a reference to the original. No, I don't. I know, don't. I know there to. was not very much of that. I will say that the Johnny Depp plays the big bad wolf in this. Mm-hmm. The little riding hood. And he is only in this for very. He's probably in and out of this film in the first 30 minutes. Interesting. And his musical number with Little Red Riding Hood uh, was had this very weird sexual undertone yeah, talking yeah. about how delicious this little girl looks and everything and it was very odd it was very odd to watch especially in this kid's movie i think uh, you can see very strange i think maybe on netflix let me look well maybe they've taken it down but i know you can see i think bernadette peters was in into the woods um up on um great performances or something mm. um that you might be able to catch online zach if you want to kind of compare oh yeah i should yeah, but uh, you know there wasn't as much singing. Towards the beginning and the end, there was more singing than really there was in the middle, which I mm. thought was strange because I thought like the singing was really, you know, pushed and promoted through you know the whole trailers and uh, TV spots and things, which yeah. I thought was interesting. Yeah, uh, but the singing was fine. I thought it was uh, acted really well. I think the only person that kind of felt flat at certain points, but I think maybe it just been in the writing. He just had really weird short lines to say. Was the a uh, little boy who played uh, oh, Jack. Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he just had some uh, very weird lines. I think when I think about it more, and that he just felt odd in some certain situations. And we we saw him in uh, Les Mis back a couple years ago. And oh, I thought really? He, was, he did. Fight, yeah, he's the little boy okay. in Les Mis. Okay. Uh, so I mean, we've seen him before, and I thought he was fine in that. Now, have you seen uh, the so stage? Some of the writing. Have you seen the stage adaptation? Have you seen the stage version of uh, Les Mis? No, I haven't. Okay. I haven't seen that either. Man, Zach. 
I know. Not many, not many uh, stage productions happening out here. Mm. Gotta travel a little bit ways to go see those. Okay. Uh, but all in all, uh, I was really happy with Into the Woods. It was nice because I got to see it in a really huge theater. Yeah. Which was interesting. Uh, the big curtain in front. And so if you're, if you have, if you live in like, which I don't know if they're a large national wide chain, but those Warren theaters in Wichita are. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're really fantastic. Nice. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, I will say that maybe it was just that there's a nicer theater, but I know um, this is kind of not really a part of Into the Woods. But uh, I know Quentin Tarantino has been critical of digital projection mm-hmm. in theaters this last year, especially at, at cons last spring, uh, talking about how it's really just giant TV. And I kind of got a sense of that w- watching into the woods down at the theater because I could see like the little pixel dots from the projector oh, yeah, yeah, on yeah. the screen, that, that which really is sucks. really that's, weird. That's a bad really strange. That's a bad yeah. projection. Yeah. And that, was, that was strange. So that made yeah. me think of uh, that before the movie started. But all in all, I thought into the woods... Uh, it was really great. You should definitely check it out if it's at your theater. It's not coming to our local theater because our local theater is our local theater. Uh, idiots. Uh, and But I'm going to give it three and a half slices of meatloaf. Cool. Well, if you do get a chance, try to track down. Thanks. It's the American Playhouse put it on of Into the Woods with Bernadette Peters. And I think I saw it on PBS first and then um, on stage second. And then I may see – I probably do like it did with Les Mis and just wait until this hits uh, – the iTunes and rent it or something because I was not impressed with Les Mis the movie. Oh, you weren't? No, not at all. Oh, I, I don't really know what did. it was. I don't know if it was uh, Jean Valjean. Uh, oh, Russell Crowe. Yeah, Russell Crowe uh, trying to I trying know. to think. It just was really bad. <laughs> I just didn't like it. So there you go. So a couple of movies from uh, Zach and myself this week. Matthew actually took the time to read a comic book. Yay, because I don't go to the movies. Well, what's interesting, too, because uh, this week, as we go into, it's real funny. You'd think that nobody would be interested in comic books the day before Christmas, on, on Christmas Eve. And yet the, yeah. the publishers flooded us with, with comic books. And then Gifts, on, New Year's, on New Year's Eve, we get like five comic books hitting stores. Because people are drinking on New Year's I, Eve. I guess. I don't know. That doesn't happen until later. You still have plenty of time I, during the day to go shopping. No, no, no. I don't mean the readers. <laughs> I mean the creators want that, well, that time to build up to drinking. Yeah, that New probably Year's wouldn't Eve. surprise me either. So, Last week, though, I mean, it, they always do that right before Christmas because they want to get all the gift stuff out that they can. And one of the gifts they gave us was the new 52 Futures End number 34. Oh, that's so nice of them. I thought so, yes. And then, as with so many gifts that you get the time of year, you unwrap it and you're like, oh, thanks for the socks, Grandma. Now, my grandma is no longer with us, and I do kind of miss her. So if she had given me this, I might have liked it. But here's the deal with New 52. You know how there's an issue sometimes with a time travel story that you know it's a time travel story and you're going to get to the end and it will have never had happened in the first place. Mm. Like uh, there's a two part Star Trek episode, Star Trek uh, Voyager. Uh, it would rank in the 200s, by the way. Playboy was wrong. Uh, called The Year of Hell, where you get to the end and all the great stuff. They've done oh, like yeah, two yeah. hours of, of, of character development and really great stuff and made the characters kind of cooler. And then they push the reset button and it turns out that it never have had happened. This story takes place in two separate time zones. One, five years in the future of the DC universe, where Firestorm is fighting Dr. Polaris for the very first time. So it's the first appearance of the new 52 Dr. Polaris. It's a new female Firestorm. We get three pages of that. 
Uh, the Atom is having some sort of fight with uh, Father Time of Shade. We get three pages of that. Uh, New 50 Sue. Man, that... <sighs> 50 Sue is the Man, character's that name. that is so... 50 Sue? That is so 50 lame. 50 Sue is so the character's lame. name. She's in this. Um, <laughs> they, they actually have an all-female super team featuring... You remember Voodoo? Yeah. From Wildcats. And Mercy who in one continuity was Lex Luthor's bodyguard, and a new British team called, are you ready for this? Banger and Mash. <laughs> I see what they did there. It's almost as I good as, as 50 Sue. <laughs> almost. Not. Actually, Banger and Mash is problematic on a number of levels, but Banger, Mash, Voodoo, and Grace, attorneys at law, are in this for three pages. And there's something with Grifter for three pages. But Are these Batman, like supposed to be all tied together or are these little vignettes they well and this is the thing about this book it's like six or seven different stories going on at once much like 52 in a weekly series much like 52 but the problem is they haven't gotten any traction we're 35 issues into this and terry mcginnis is still standing on rooftops wondering whether he needs to do something batman beyond is in this and hasn't really done anything but stand on rooftops and now, in this issue, the Batman of five years from now discovers Batman Beyond from 35 years from now. But 35 years from now, the Batman of five years from now is the Batman of 35 years from now. And he's all been possessed by Brother I. And something, something, time travel, something. Batman has traveled back in time 30 years to the point where Batman Beyond already is. Which, by the way, the whole story takes place five years in the future of the DC Universe. I have been reading this book since the beginning. And I was willing to give it a lot of leeway at the beginning because a weekly book is hard. And a weekly book with a rotating cast and a big cast, first of all, they're five years from now, so it's not just a cast of characters that aren't usually together. It's a cast of characters who have changed in five years of their life. But this is just not good. Do you, do you think is, that this Futures in series is troublesome because I, I haven't seen anybody just flip out over future's end at all. Do you think it's because we don't have 80 years of DC continuity to enjoy and worry about like we did with the original 52 series? I think the biggest problem with this book is that it feels like a weekly series for the sake of having a weekly series. Mm. When 52 hit big, it became part of DC's editorial strategy, kind of like Marvel's big summer crossover taking nine right, months. Right, right, And having a weekly series is now their thing. And so the gimmick of this weekly series is maybe at some point at the end of it, the DC universe may be jumping five years forward in time. This is all of the rumors that I've been Well, hearing. we have to look and see what, what's going on with Continuum. Well, and that's, that's something else. I mean, there's a lot of things going on right now. And there's a lot of preparation in the DC universe for a lot of supposedly big changes coming. Very few of them seem to have anything to do with what's going on in Future's End. Like, there's some stuff going on with Earth 2. The Earth 2 series has ended, and now we're seeing Earth 2 Future's End or Earth 2 World's End or World's End. I'd, I think it's World's it's, End. Is it? It's gotten to the point now where three years in, we're trying to take this uh, new 52 universe and turn it into the equivalent of the DCU 50 years deep. 
And what it's really coming up for to me is when you jump into the future, you have to do things. And it's a lot of everything you know is wrong. Uh, the Batman of 35 years from now is this horrifying cyborg creature who has the Joker's face stapled on the back of his head. Hmm. And then his head rotates 360 degrees. And sometimes he's Batman and sometimes he's the Joker. And sometimes, you know, but well, all the time he's goofy looking. But this is one slice of meatloaf. I couldn't. No, that's too bad. I've. I've read the beginning of it. I couldn't get past it. There's some good art in here. Scott Collins does part of the book. But there are things here that don't have any gravitas, any heft, any dramatic thing to them. There's still Brainiac supposedly coming to destroy the whole universe. There's like five villains coming to destroy the world of the New 52 and also Batman traveling back in time. I'm like, what's the end game? I really want to know what the end game is here because – Frankly, it's about time we got to it. We're 35 issues in. you got to give us something other than characters standing around and saying, oh, no, 50 Sue sure is dangerous. Yeah, you know, I don't know what it is about. I mean, I've really had a tough time in the last year really reading anything from DC. Uh, In in fact, I think I've only read in the last year Scott Snyder's stuff. And even that I I am about 20 issues behind on. I cannot get into that Batman Weekly series. I keep getting stalled at issue number two because I'm like, really? This is really, uh. I never got it. I never started the new 52, although I, uh, the future's in storyline, although I think I subscribe to it, but I haven't been reading it. So it's, you know, there's stuff that's there <laughs> for me to read, but it's just like, uh, it just seems so, I don't know what it is. I don't think it's because everything's so depressing, but it, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just can't get into it for some reason. And it, well, I don't know. Part of my problem comes in that they want us to have the emotional connection to the characters that they've, you know, frankly, the characters in the universe earned in stories that no longer exist. They want to have their cake and eat it too. They want us to love Batman. And remember when you, you, you and I were 15 reading legends of the dark Knight, or, They want us to think back to the 1970s, the cool Denny O'Neill Batman, but they also want it to be, you know, a cool thing where he's only 26 and he's been Batman for five years. Yeah. They want to have all of the the history and all of the things take place, but they also want to make sure that they're not alienating the hip young, you know, people who aren't reading a whole lot of comics. It's, It's kind of something it feeds into itself for me. It's circling and circling and coming back around and there's just... There's too much that's trying to make me care about characters for stories that no longer exist. Like this future story, you know, it's, it's this future story of what's going to happen to Frankenstein five, five years from now, but they haven't given me all of the stuff for Frankenstein five years in between. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. We don't have that. We don't have that connection. We don't have that rich history that Mm -hmm. makes the story important to us. So we just kind of, drift away from it because it's like well we don't know what's going on yeah interesting all right well Mm. listeners uh even though it is the holidays we are still updating the major spoilers website like i said you can catch a brand new podcast a top five coming up a january 1 2015 we're super excited about that um, we've got so many more things planned, but you can find it all over at Majorspoilers.com. And if you are looking forward to all of the podcasts that we are producing in 2015, and I'm looking ahead, getting all the uh, ducks in a row and schedules planned, it's a lot of it. If you want to hear all of the things that we have 
uh, in store for you in crisp, clear audio, <laughs> then you need to get yourself a pair of tweaked audio headphones from our friends yeah. at Tweaked Audio. I, I've been talking about this for years now. Tweaked audio headphones are the best headphones that you can get. They're earbuds. You stick them in there. My preference is go with the flat ribbon uh, style, the flat cable style, because they rarely get tangled. And if you're throwing them in your gym bag or you're throwing them into your uh, your little cup holder in your car or wherever that you uh, throw your your earbuds, not getting tangled up is a good thing. I also recommend getting the ones with the microphone built in because when you're driving down the road listening to your MP3 player or whatever it is, your your mobile device, and that <laughs> phone call comes in, you want to be able to answer it and talk to it. Uh, and uh, they're great for that. So head over to tweakedaudio.com. Get these headbud- these earbuds. They work with iPods, iPhones, Android devices, all MP3 players. When you use the checkout code MAJOR, M-A-J-O-R, checkout code MAJOR, you get 30% off the price. Tweaked Audio sponsoring this episode of the Major Spoilers Podcast, and we thank them for that. So uh, I thought, I don't know how, where we're going to go on this, because I thought we could take a look back at some of the things that happened in 2014 in the comics and pop culture area that we were really excited about, things that we weren't so excited about, uh, those kinds of things. I, I think one of the big stories of uh, 2014 was certainly the announcement that Ben Affleck was going to be playing Batman. Yay! That oh, cracked the internet. Man. In yeah, that was that was a big deal. Yeah. And in yeah, fact... And I- in fact that may have yeah that did happen in 2014 i think i'm pretty sure it did um it would have been close to the end of 2013 if it was 2013 uh we'll call it it's good enough and that's the thing about these end of year lists you're making them before the year ends so yeah and we did see uh his first image as in the in the suit in 2014 so that was a pretty big deal yeah. Oh, yeah. Along with right. along with the rest of the promotional images of uh, the new Wonder Wonder Woman in mm-hmm. the upcoming movie mm-hmm. and uh, the new Batmobile. Yep. yep. Those are all big. In fact, just finding out that we were getting the whole announcement of the, uh, the Justice League movie line, I think, yeah. is a really, really, really big deal uh, yes. because the uh, because it means that we're going to get some stuff that's in continuity. Yeah. All of this, I think, came out just before the end of the year. So just about a year ago, December. In December's is when I'm yeah. looking at all the the dates now. In but fact, least, that, go ahead. But I said, but it, it is this year we got all of the uh, uh, actors announced for all of the roles. Yes. I, mean, I think besides maybe Ben Affleck, but mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, Ezra, everyone Ezra else found us the Flash, and, right? And um, oh, totally going to blank on her name playing Wonder Woman, but Gal Gadot, yeah, yeah Gal Gadot. Yeah, I think those were, I mean, just the the whole Justice League DC Universe thing, I think, was was really kind of a big story that people were excited about. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, people were not that excited about The Hobbit, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think well, part of that yeah. came from the expansion of, what was it? It's the expansion of one book into three movies. Yeah. I think people's concern was that they were not going to do service to the original story in order to fit the, you know, the profit margins of the three movie model that they created with the first set. Yeah. Um, Also things that kind of happened right on the tail end of 2013, the final issue of lock and key I had down and I looked and I said, Oh, that came out in December of 2013. So that's been a while. Yeah. But we didn't talk about it last December because we were talking about the first note that these, these end end of the year lists never hit the things that happened at the end of the year. (laughs) So 
Uh, Gotham, Gotham Academy, I think, is a great thing coming out of DC. It's one of the few books that I actually do pick up and read every month. Yeah. Um, the Flash TV series just blew my mind. <laughs> I mean, we had a that, lot of superhero movie or superhero TV shows come right, out. Yeah. Gotham. I mean, yeah, just a lot of superhero TV shows. I mean, we've got yeah. uh, Daredevil coming up in 2015. We saw some stuff announced on that. We found out about uh, uh, um, AKA Jessica Jones. We've got mm-hmm. the um, the Defenders on the way as well. Uh, so those were big news that came out. We've got Gotham and uh, the Arrow and the Flash and Constantine and Agents the, of Shield Agents really of picked Shield. It up. What yes. big win? Into the first season with well, Captain America coming out in the spring. Even mm-hmm. even Captain America coming out last year, I think, was a big, cool thing. Or in yeah. 2014, that was a cool thing. And how they did tie that into the TV series, which, you know, honestly, I think that's why the first season suffered so much is because they were waiting for the movie to come out so that they yeah. could deal with everything that yeah. was going on. They, they were doing a lot of buildup. The first season was like the first three issues. Of the book, and then things really turned on in episode four is what happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, from what I've heard, and again, it's one of those things I need to binge watch here shortly. Uh, second season seems to be really, really cool for people. But just how they did that in 2014 was amazing, I thought. Mm-hmm. It yeah. really set a precedent for uh, the coming films. I mean, we saw, oh, I guess uh, there hasn't been any tie-in with Guardians of the Galaxy in the show, but um, mm, not but directly. We're seeing- but, but the we're villain seeing, of Guardians well, we of the Galaxy the, was a Kree. Yeah, and we've seen the Kree. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And now we're, I mean, all the ideas, I think, really stemming from the inner weaving of stories from movies and television shows that Marvel's been doing. We now uh, think it's possible that DC could be doing a, a multi-dimension uh, That's what thing I think. With their, I, with their, I know, it, but, but other people have thought that too. It's, it's not. It's not absurd to think that necessarily. I mean, well, but I still, mean, they're, they're positioning so, it like it's possible. No, here's, and here's I think the thing. A lot of that stems from Marvel doing that. Here's the thing: they basically have said the TV universe for each of those shows is its own universe, except for the Arrow and the Flash, which have definitely crossed over and spun off of each other. So they're yeah. definitely in their own universe. Smallville is in its own universe. Constantine is in its own universe. So they have created a multiverse. But whether they're going to acknowledge that the NBC world exists in the CW world is something that, man, they're going to have to have they're going to have to have really big guts to do that. And I hope (laughs) they do that in 2015. But I don't think that they're that they're going to do that. You know, we were talking about movies there. Let's let's jump back to real quick. The major spoilers poll of the week because we didn't get to that uh, yet. Um, The question this week is there is a lot of comic book movies that came out in 2014. It's probably it's not the most comic book movies that came out in a single year. I think the most we saw in a single year, I think, was 13. That's a lot. Yeah, it was. I think it was 13. That was the year um, uh, Scott Pilgrim came out. I think there were 13 movies that came out this year. This year, there's 10 of them. And the question of the uh, poll of the week this week is what was your favorite movie based on a comic book that was released in 2014? And we have 300 Rise of an Empire. The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Big Hero 6, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Hercules, which I was like, seriously, Hercules? And then I found out that it's based uh, off the Alan Moore comic book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sin City, A Dame to Kill For, Snowpiercer, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, and X-Men Days of Future Past. So what was your favorite movie based on a comic book released in 2014, Zach? Oh, hands down, mine would be Guardians of the Galaxy. Hmm. How come? I love that. I love that movie. It just had a nice mixture of action 
And then just the kind of humor that I really enjoy. I thought Chris Pratt did a wonderful role and kind of brought some of that humor that we saw him uh, saw him do uh, over the seasons at Parks and Rec. And so it just really worked for me. It was a you know it was a risky move by Marvel that paid off huge as one of the highest grossing films of 2014, uh, bringing one of the most recognizable, talented actors right now with Bradley Cooper and making mm-hmm. him voice a tiny raccoon. And then the big action star that Vin Diesel is making him say one line over and over the talking tree. Uh, it was just this crazy risk that really they took and has paid off well. And I think people loved it and people want more of it. And I certainly do. And didn't, didn't know really anything about Guardians of the Galaxy going in. But it was just a, a really well done comic movie that I loved a lot. I watched it again the other day and I was kind of excited about sitting down and watching that. And then as I was watching, I was like, wow, there's a lot of uh, bad language in this movie that I didn't remember <laughs> the first time we saw it. And uh, maybe a little bit more violence than I remember the first time that we saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is really good. But I had to cast my vote for Captain America, the Winter Soldier, just because it was such a freaking good uh, spy thriller. It was a good sequel. And uh, like like we were just talking about, it really proved that they could create uh, through storyline between comics and tele- or between uh, television and movies. So I had to go with Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Matthew, what about you? Well, I have yet to see Captain America, the Winter oh, Soldier. Oh, you should. It's a, it's available now. You should uh, check oh, it out. Oh, it'll probably it'll pop up eventually. It'll be on Epics. Did you like the first Captain America? Yeah, I kind of did. I didn't hate did, it. Did you um, like Did you like Three Days of the Condor when it came out? Yeah. Do you like the Running Man? With um, not not Arnold Schwarzenegger, but um, I haven't seen that one. Dustin Hoffman. I haven't seen. I've seen Marathon Man. Marathon Man. Sorry, Marathon Man. If you like that, I think you would really get a kick out of Captain America: The Winter Soldier. I haven't seen that one. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two. I haven't seen. Big Hero Six. I haven't seen. Uh, Snowpiercer. I saw, but didn't care for. Good dang that movie. (laughs) X-Men: Days of Future Past. I haven't seen. Three Hundred Rise of an Empire. Sin City, a name to kill for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You couldn't pay me enough to see. So my answer is the one I've seen, or rather the one that I really enjoyed seeing, Guardians of the Galaxy, which was a pretty big deal. I took the the widget to it, and she was impressed by the 3D. She can't always see 3D because of her uh, thing with her eyes. But, yeah, I liked it. I liked what they did with the character, you know, for all of the problematic elements. There were, you know, a couple. They took chunks of the Marvel Universe that I never thought they were going to use and made them work. And, frankly, they've made people excited about the possibility of more Howard the Duck. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's something that happened in 2014, the announcement that we're getting more Howard the Duck. Well, yeah, as well we should. Yep. Because the stink of George Lucas is finally off it. <laughs> I don't know if the stink of George Lucas. I think it gets into your carpet like uh, like someone that's been living in your house smoking for 40 years. <laughs> well, you just can't luckily, get that stink out. When Disney bought Marvel from Cadence Industries, they ripped up all the carpet and put down new carpet. Um, but, yeah, I the fact that they made Rocket Raccoon work and they made kids excited to go and see Rocket Raccoon, the fact that Kids now today are going to grow up talking about Drax the Destroyer and Groot of Planet X the way you and I could have talked about, you know, Steve Austin or in some Who? ways Luke Skywalker when we were kids. Who? That fascinates me. Luke you know, Skywalker, I wonder, you know him. I wonder, I wonder, um, speaking of Star Wars. Why I love you like I do. So many people 
you know, we, we know that uh, Star Wars Christmas special is the worst thing ever created. I loved it. Yet it has become kind be of a it's become kind of a thing where people for I don't know if it's nostalgia factor or people who had never seen it are just, you know, getting introduced to it and going along with the ride. I wonder if we'll see that same kind of thing ever with Howard the Duck. It's possible. I mean, bad movies become cult classics all the time. The Room gets aired on television regularly. Now, granted, we're, we live in a culture where enjoying things ironically is now a pastime. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Where people go out and spend 50 bucks on a sweater that's specifically made to be ugly for an ugly sweater party. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's it's not inconceivable. In fact, I'd say it's highly likely, especially if we get a Howard movie that overrides that. If we get a decent Howard movie or a decent Howard appearance in another movie, it'll be like that time that Superman fought Nuclear Man. Or that time that Superman fought General Zod and snapped his neck. Or or really all of the Superman movies after Superman 3. Because Richard Pryor and the computer thing, you know. So what is the what is the poll of the week looking at right now? 129 votes, a massive 61% saying Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, 29, Winter Soldier. 3%, actually 5% next up, uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. 3% Amazing Spider-Man 2. I heard they killed my girlfriend in that, so I'm sad. And then Big Hero 6, Dame to Kill For, and the rest kind of splitting the vote at not really. Which is which is sad because Big Hero 6 is such a good movie. I, I've tried to talk Mason into going and seeing that again, but he just won't do it for whatever reason. I don't know what's going on with him. I want to Widget, but she's it's, at that age where... You need to... No, this is a movie, Matthew, that you need to take her to see because it is freaking awesome. She's at that weird age where sometimes things that she likes are kind of embarrassing because she wants to be 13. Oh, no. Force her to go. <laughs> but then I have to go to the movies. And uh, it won't be so bad. It, why am I be punishing fun, me? No, you'll enjoy Big Hero 6, too. It's really good. It's very predictable, yeah. um, but it's still very good. In fact, Big Hero 6 came in number 11th in the domestic box office in 2014. Guardians of the Galaxy, this is all domestic box office. Guardians of the Galaxy took the number one spot, bringing in $332 million in 2014. The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1 brought in $306 million. Captain America, the Winter Soldier, in at number three with $259 million. The Lego Movie, Zack, which was a surprise hit of 2014, Mm -hmm. brought in $257 million. Transformers Age of Extinction, $245 million. A Maleficent, that's a Disney flick, $241 million. X-Men Days of Future Past in at number seven. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes at eight. The Amazing Spider-Man at number nine. Godzilla, number 10. Big Hero 6, 11, as we mentioned. 22 <coughs> Jump Street at 12. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came in at 13. Interstellar, even though it wasn't out for very long, came in at number 14. How to Train Your Dragon 2 uh, came in at 15. We went and saw that at the theater as well. Hobbit, the I Battle of the that. Five Armies made it all the way up to number 16 in a very short amount of time. Gone Girl, the David Fincher movie. Holy crap, Zach. I saw that the other night. Yeah. I heard that's good. Is that good? That is, believe me, Matthew, watch it and then fear for your life. Yes. Yes. You will be terrified to be uh, with your wife after that. Yes. Yes. I'm not going to say anything, but. I don't know that you've met my wife. My wife is terrifying anyway. No, well, then. You, you need to watch, watch this you movie. You definitely today. need to watch Gone Girl because it's really good. <laughs> At first, you're thinking it's going one way, and then it flips on you, and then it flips again. Dude, my wife is six foot one and on medication. Uh, she could kill me at any moment. Divergent came in at number 18, Neighbors at 19, and then uh, 20 was the ride-along movie, $134 million. Those are the top 20 a, movies 
in the, the United thing with States. With Ice T and Kevin Hart, I yeah. believe so. Wow, that made yeah. money. Yeah. Huh. So okay, cool. But here's where it gets really weird. When you calculate in the worldwide grosses, which again you're counting in every other country in the world against the American box office, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy not number one worldwide. Worldwide, Transformers: Age of Extinction, the only movie to bring in a billion dollars in 2014. I wonder how much of that came from China. Uh, a lot of it did come from China. Oh, a lot. Because that movie was was pretty, yeah. There was pretty a, overt in courting that particular. And oh yeah, yeah, they definitely well, did that. Well and truly so, I assume. But um, Guardians of the Galaxy would be number two then in worldwide rankings, with Maleficent number three, X Men: Days of Future Past, and then Captain America: The Winter Soldier rounding out the top five. So I find that very fascinating, and with the Transformers bringing in a billion dollars. Billion dollars. I know, that is yes. crazy, right? I mean, They're everybody here in the United money. States, people are like, oh, this movie stinks, this movie sucks, bleh. And, you know, it comes in at number five overall, but then uh, in the domestic. But then when you see, I, I forget who I saw the other day, maybe it was a Rob Liefeld or somebody was like, hey, man, Transformers, the only movie to make a billion dollars in 2014. And I think he was mm-hmm. trying to rub Marvel's nose in it or something. I don't know what was going Probably. on. But then I looked it up. I was like, holy crap, you're right. A billion bucks. So. Uh, when we see the next Transformers movie arrive, realize it is not a movie for us. It's oh, a no. movie for it's everyone. It's a movie for everyone else. Yep. Well, and this is the thing about movies. And by us, I mean not comic nerds. I mean U.S. audiences. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and we are we are not the center of the universe, and we haven't been for a while, comic nerds and the U.S. audiences. But when it comes to a movie like that, it's not necessarily aimed. You know, people will talk about, oh, it's the lowest common denominator. It's the stupid people. It's not necessarily even that. People enjoy going to a film that is familiar. People enjoy going to a film that's entertaining in short bursts. People enjoy going to a film that isn't going to be, say people, I have a friend. She won't watch black and white movies. Uh, she saw that Memento. You remember Memento? Yeah. Too confusing. She hated Memento. You know what's a really, really good movie? That Farscape movie that Sci-Fi put together a couple of years ago, The Peacekeeper Wars. She loves that. She writes fan fiction about that. Everybody has what they like and what they don't like. And, you know, not every movie is going to be some dark examination of everything directed by the, the guy from Memento. What's his name? Zack Snyder? Christopher no, Nolan. That guy. I hate that guy. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Now, in the case of Transformers, I do believe that that movie is quantifiably bad. But sometimes bad, well, bad I haven't, things I haven't are seen popular. The, I haven't seen the movie, so I can't really say whether it was good or bad. Um, I just know that from the last, uh, from what was it, the second one that I saw, that I knew I was never going to watch another Transformers movie again. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because I knew what I was going to get. Uh, but just and it, the same way goes yeah. with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I knew going in that it was had the we were joking about the stink of George Lucas. It had the stink of Michael Bay all over it. But sometimes the stink of Michael Bay is enough to bring in four hundred and seventy seven million dollars worldwide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I, I mean, people enjoy. Here. Yeah, people enjoy the Transformers movies. And besides that, Michael Bay knows how to make a blockbuster movie. Yeah, he does. Yeah. No one does it better than him. I mean, that's obviously clear from the box office totals. He makes movies that people will go to the movies and see right. over and over again and will make movies. They're not uh, they're not movies that are going to win Oscars. They're not movies that are going to win 
uh, best film of the year by whatever state critic board you're looking at. But he's going to make the highest grossing movies of the year. But if you're Paramount and you need a billion dollars made, you're going to point yeah. to, to 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 Michael Bay. And, you know, as much as I don't care for his movies, I've got a lot of respect for Michael Bay because he does. He does tell some he does tell some stories with interesting visuals mm-hmm. and he knows what works and what doesn't work the same way with Rob Liefeld. Um, yes, it's still fun to make fun of Rob Liefeld. But you know what? He's made a crap ton more money than any of us will ever make in our lifetimes. Uh, combined probably. And when I say us, I mean all of us listening to this podcast. Um, <laughs> and you got to respect what he was able to do with that. And with the such a limited skill set. And the uh, and the fact that he is still a commanding presence uh, in the industry. So, yeah. you know, make fun of him if you want. He oh, still did something that a lot of us will never do. And, that, you know, uh, and and continues to do it. I mean, he still has a huge fan base. And when he does a variant cover, those variants sell out very quickly. Well, <clears throat> yeah, I suppose. So, you know, I'll let him have that. So what else? <coughs> Excuse me. What else was big in 2014? Well, Marvel uh, has officially gone into the. Uh, Short miniseries leading into massive overarching plot miniseries. Have they been doing that for years, though? No, they are now at the point where officially any volume of any book that you read is going to run about 24 issues, and it's going to end with the next big crossover. They killed Spider-Man, didn't they? Or that was no. that was two years ago, huh? No, they didn't kill Spider-Man. That was a while ago. Death of that Peter was Parker. Yeah, that may have been three years ago. Oh, man, really that long ago? Well, Ultimate or Superior Spider-Man ran 31 issues. Death of mm-hmm, Spider-Man. I'm looking it up here. I want to say it was 2012. But in any case, if you look at, I believe last year we had Age of Ultron, did we not? Yeah. Big crossover mm-hmm. madness. So Yeah. You know, and again, what we saw a lot of in 2014 out of Marvel was things that were designed to make us excited, not just about the comics, but about the other material, about the movies, about the toys, about the Lego. And... You know, just recently we had some things happen in the pages of Axis that are clearly designed to clear the way for plot points in the upcoming Marvel Universe movies. And people are upset that, you know, the comics are now basically leading as kind of stories that get us to the movies Mm -hmm. and then transition between them. But I think they've been doing that for a long time. But I think what we're really seeing now is the expectation that that is the norm and that is the correct way to do it, where 50 million people will go see Avengers number two. Yeah. Avengers two in the theater, get the comics on board with transitioning us to Avengers two. And then coming out of Avengers two, you can get some of those people to buy the comics and transition us to Avengers three. And I think what, um, what Marvel is hoping is that the new series that comes out uh, this week, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., or S.H.I.E.L.D., I forget what the, the title is, but it's the official comic book uh, based on the TV series. So it's got uh, Agent Coulson and all that stuff going on. I, mm-hmm. I'm thinking that they're going to – I think they're hoping that that is going to be a big seller. Yeah. Just because of and that could, of that tie-in. People love Coulson. Yeah. And, uh, and they also, they also, if they don't know it, they will love Mark Wade. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> Peter Parker did die in 2012. Gosh, yep. where has my, where have the last two years gone? I know. Tune in to top five and find out this <laughs> week. Find out. <laughs> yeah, I just, for this year, it just seems really like a blur. It just seems like, uh, you know, this time last year I was in Vegas or shortly after the new oh, year, yeah, I was in Vegas right. going to, um, 
the uh, uh, streaming media awards, which we were up for a, a, an award. Uh, a for, streamy? Yeah. No, not, I don't think no, they're called new media. The New Media Awards, New Media Expo oh. for our podcast, which was really great. And um, I think that, you know, gave me that final kick to say, hey, quit your job and, and do this full time. Uh, right. But it has just been a blur of a year. I, I sat down for the last couple of days trying to figure out what were the big things that happened in 2014. And it's just really hard, except for the things that have happened in the last couple of weeks. You know, the Star Wars trailer <laughs> dropping. Um, yeah, that's big. You know, the Batgirl costume uh, getting a change, uh, the yep. Flash TV show, Gotham and, and and the other TV shows. Those are the things that strike in my mind. Basically, the stuff that happened uh, basically in August going forward. I really am having a tough time remembering things that happened in January of 2014. <laughs> and that's you know, not just because you're old this time. No, it just, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how many pre- people prescribe to that theory that it seems like um, every year is going faster and faster is because that year is a smaller percentage of the entire life that you've led. So this past right. year for me is one forty third of my entire life, whereas 1970 was 100% of my entire life. Yeah. You don't remember 1970. Yeah, I remember 1973, which was one third of my life at that point. Uh, I don't know about that. So, um, you know, I, I just find it fascinating that there were that many things that happened uh, oh. this year. Anything yeah. else that jumps to your mind? Zach? I know uh, a big thing that happened uh, that was I was still late summer. Uh, but, you know, uh, San Diego Comic-Con might not be the biggest convention anymore. Oh, right, right. Salt Lake City had a yep. huge attendance this year. Yep, that's right. Good one. Good one, good one, good one. That was that was yeah, definitely a big a, controversy, uh, especially yeah. with a lawsuit uh, between the right. two right. Uh, companies, uh, two organizations. Um, uh, I'm going through our, our list of things here, and I see Snowpiercer, and it just still gets me <laughs> shaking my head and going, what the heck? I, um, I think, and I've read a couple of things talking about Snowpiercer and what it was trying to do. I think if you look at it on a purely metaphorical level, which is entirely, you know, possible because, again, we're dealing with a different, a different culture from the original creators. I'm wondering if you look at it at a metaphorical level, those two people will die. But there are other people somewhere in the world who will not. Maybe. Be- who will not be eaten by a polar bear and that we're supposed to think, you know, hey, things are looking up for the world, even though this girl's about to get eaten by a polar bear. Yeah, I just. And Captain America had his arm cut off. By the way, spoilers. Uh, there. So I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> uh, let's see. I, you know, I'm just going through the list of a lot of the stories that came out last year, especially in January. And I just don't see anything that pops you out know, that we haven't already the- talked about. The only thing I can remember that was really a big deal at the beginning of the year was the Lego movie came out. And that yep, was awesome. That's true. Uh, we also yeah. had a new Doctor this year debut. We did. Oh, right. right. And kind of mixed reviews across the board for him and the writing and for his companion. But yeah, uh, Clara Oswald is coming back uh, for another adventure. Yeah. There are some good things in the 12th Doctor. And there are some things that are just too Moffat to Moffat. So I think what you're looking at is a character with a lot of potential. The question that we're going to have is if you look at, say, let's just look at previous incarnations of the Doctor that were somewhat questionable or controversial. Are we looking at a sixth Doctor getting canceled situation or a ninth Doctor slowly growing on the hardcore fans and creating a whole new fandom situation? Interestingly, um, even though we had done one short one in 2013, 
mm-hmm. maybe two short ones in 2013. It wasn't until January of 2014 that we started doing our Lego uh, Lego builds, our time-lapse videos. Now we yeah. have a bunch of those, and they're very popular over, over at our YouTube channel, uh, Major Spoilers Video. Go check those out. Uh, Zach had done a uh, Lego Millennium Falcon time-lapse in yeah. January of 2014. I got yeah, the Batmobile. We could, we could do the Batmobile. I've oh, got nice. it too. Yeah, that one's coming up on a on a build that we've already it. done. Well, that one's been out for a while. Uh, that one's been out I got a couple it for years. Christmas. Yeah, it's a good thing you got it now because I think that one's been out for three years now, and they usually mm-hmm. only keep those sets around for five years. That's why you can't find the uh, Lex Luthor versus Superman versus Wonder Woman set anymore because it's discontinued. So if you get your hands on it, great. Uh, but. Um, it's now back in the Disney vaults. Yeah, it's it's locked away in the Lego vaults. It's an interesting year for, for gamers and uh, feminists and a bunch of controversy around that that I really wasn't happy with. Um, yeah. Just because we can't treat everyone as equals. I don't understand that. Um, and th- there are a lot of people who feel like they are being targeted. There yeah. are a lot of people who are legitimately being targeted. Yeah. And when everybody claims that somebody else is targeting them and being the victim, it, you know, it turns into a cycle, especially when some of them are clearly intentionally trying to use their own tactics against the people that they're using the tactics against. Yeah, I don't know. I just I guess my thing in the way I've tried to always at least tell the kids is that, you know, treat other people the way you want to be treated. And. That's, you know, if you want to be treated nicely, treat other people nicely and don't put other people down. And and people are just as, you know, regardless of sex or religion or or uh, whatever. Everybody is capable of doing everything that everyone else is. And I just don't understand why people can't get that through their heads and why they do have to put down someone who's different. Um, I thought that's why, you know, that's. I guess if you wanted to say why was 2014 such a blur, it's because I'd like to forget a lot of it because a lot of what happened this year really made me um, Angry. feel down about our community. You know, and I know we've had for a long time, we hate this, we hate that, or we make fun of the people who read DC Comics or we make fun of the Marvel guys or whatever, but not with the hate and vitriol that we saw this year. And it just made me really not care for the comic books and pop culture industry a whole lot. I mean, I really love it. And I, and I wish we could just focus on the super happy, positive stuff, but just so much hate. And I think we need to stop that crap. I I wish people could just get that through their heads. Just knock it off. I I definitely agree with you up to a point, but I think what we're really looking at is what I hope is the changing, a, a serious changing of the guard. I, I hope so. I hope people the do people change. who are really angry and really threatened are the people who are being threatened because you know maybe they are on their way out, and to some degree, I think that certain attitudes should be on their way out. Oh yeah, I definitely I, agree I, with you. I'm really hoping that some of the things that we've seen this year aren't things that we're going to ever, ever. No, we'll see, see him. No, we'll see him again because this the you know the whole you know you could track this back what five or six years ago to the whole fake geek girl thing that was the the big deal that again started me getting really pissed off at stuff. It, it, that thing has just boiled up and, and continued on, and it's just like you know just uh, yeah. I'm I'm glad costumes are changing. I'm glad attitudes are changing. They're just not changing fast enough for me. I guess. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, absolutely. I know there's some good people who are just going to be totally against what I've said there and say, no, we need to put these people in their place or whatever. But I just I just don't feel that way. Well, and the problem with people being in their place is, A, who are we to I know, exactly. where their place is? Exactly. And B, when it comes right down to it, if you're telling me that somebody needs to be in their place, the question that I have is, where's your yeah, place? Exactly. Where's my place? Exactly. You know, I spent a lot of this year listening to people who are very upset for good reason and, you know, trying to understand what's going on with the people who are upset. And certain times you just get to a point where it's like, no, I, I, I don't believe that you are necessarily being threatened because someone wants to change Spider-Woman's costume. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe that, you know, having a female protagonist is going to end gaming as we know it. No, I don't think so either. It's, 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 yeah. it's silly. It's ridiculous. Mm. Uh, hey, video games. Mm-hmm. I played some. Yeah, did you win? Yeah, me no, too. I didn't. Oh, yeah, Zach plays. That became a very popular series this year. Yeah, not very consistent, but uh, we'll change you know. that in 2015. We've got the thumb yeah, sure. screws and the shock collars. Yes, yes. Everything yes. has been hooked up, and Zach will not be allowed to leave uh, the state until he does a lot of stuff. We're going to have much, 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 much more regular stuff uh, on the YouTube channel this year too. So that's yes. that's good. That's that's what it's looking like. It's going to be good. Yep. Um, but uh, still the Xbox and the uh, PS4, the Xbox One, PS4, even though those came out at Christmas time or a little bit before last year, um, still were very popular in January because so many people got them for the holidays. Um, looking at February, February, we saw the uh, the big trailers hit the Super Bowl mm-hmm. into January, oh, right. 1st of February. That was the first Captain America one we yep. saw. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. That was really big. Um Trying to think what else. Anything else that comes to your guys' mind? Um, it's all a blur for me, man. I remember San Diego Comic Con was a weird. Oh yeah, we had a, a weird lot event. Of it was a there. weird event. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was a good year for uh, for us covering it, but it was just a weird event. Some of the big keynotes were just strange this year. It felt like, especially DC's. DC's was really weird. Yeah, it was very strange. I guess the Warner Brothers. Yeah, here's time of DC. <laughs> We're gone now. Bye. I, know, I know we mentioned the Star Wars trailer, but just finding out who the cast was and yep, you know, was all the huge. stuff coming out from that was bit was a big deal. Um, we got word that uh, 20th Century Fox was producing a Fantastic Four movie this year. Yeah, all the back and forth between Fox and Marvel has uh-huh. been big mm-hmm. this year. Just seeing how they're handling. Who can use mutants? Or you have to be an inhuman. Or guess what? You're not going to have a comic book anymore because we want your property to suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you got to do stupid things. <laughs> that's the that's the rule of Trumpy from uh, Mystery Science Theater, I believe. No? Nothing? Okay, fine. No idea. <sighs> <laughs> Zach, Zach on crappy film. That's what we need. No, no, please. No. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to look up all of our San Diego Comic-Con stuff. There's a lot of it. San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, let's see. Scarlet Spider was announced. Um, some of these things we won't even see until 2015. Yep. Uh, Angela came over to the image universe or from the image Probably. universe into the Marvel universe. And we got, uh, Angela Asgard's assassin. 
Yeah, she was in Guardians of the Galaxy for a while. Yeah, uh, the the comic book, not the movie se- series. Right. Uh, Godzilla came out. That was kind of a big deal. That was kind of a disappointment. Uh, Mile High Comics said they wouldn't return to San Diego Comic Con next year because of expense and basically blaming the publishers. Uh, That was an interesting story to follow. Um, We did find out more about Ant-Man finally. Oh, yeah. He's an ant, but also a man. Yeah, that was big at uh, Comic-Con because they were like being delayed. They hadn't started shooting yet. Isn't that right? Yeah. They hadn't started shooting yet. They they started shooting like right after Mm Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, probably some other big news in the Star Wars area is that Marvel was going to get back all of the uh, Star Wars properties and start printing Star Wars comics in 2015. And I think it's what, two weeks from now, we get our first Star Wars number one. I yeah, believe so. Start. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I can't wait to get some of those variant covers because some of them are really good. Well, it's projected news. to sell like a million copies. Or oh, something it's, crazy. I think I think it's going to sell out. And I feel sorry for Dark Horse that they lost the property. Yeah. But, uh, just some awesome stuff there. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, I kind of got in, I got kind of got into that game, uh, The Last of Us, this last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. watching some of those uh, gameplays that was interesting. Uh, Tusk was kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. I still haven't seen that. I no, I've it. got it. I'm kind of. It's kind of like a Red State. It took me forever. It took me almost a year before I finally committed to sitting down and watching it, even though it was sitting there every day mocking me. Mocking you, <laughs> mocking you, mocking. Yeah, you I haven't been. I haven't been ready to watch Test yet, and I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. Just something different that I just haven't haven't made time for. There's, I think there's just better things to watch. Yeah, maybe. You would know, make that sound like it's horrible. Like it's a horrible movie. I I don't know if it's a horrible movie. I just know that I think there's some things that I have to. I know I've had to watch a movie for a week. For Zach on film, oh, yeah, so, for a long time. Uh, yeah, yeah, there there is a point in that where you just kind of like, I'm going to take a week off from movies. <laughs> we finally got our first look at the World of Warcraft movie. Yep, which is coming out. Oh um, yes, not for of, a while though. Not for a while, but it was. Uh, we did get yeah, our first they, look they, there. They, they they wrapped shooting and they showed some of it at. Um, oh, what they is showed it? At San Diego and also at BlizzCon. And BlizzCon, right? But it's not coming out for a while. I don't even know if it's coming out in 2015. No, is it? I don't. I think it's. They're, Duncan Jones has taken like a year and a half to do all the posts wow. on it. Wow. That's really awesome. Yeah. Uh, Disney Infinity came, uh, Disney Infinity 2 came out with all the Marvel uh, superheroes, which was freaking awesome. Uh, Mason wound up with. I keep saying freaking a lot this episode. Um, <laughs> Mason Could ended up with like every single uh, Infinity 2 figure. And oh, the Marvel yeah, I saw stuff, those on Instagram. The, the Marvel stuff looks, they're just sculpted so cool. I, they're just really cool to look at. It, 2014 has been an interesting year for those types of video games because Skylanders really blew up this year. Yes. And, and then, then you had Disney Infinity off. coming out with all of their different little figures. And yeah. then Nintendo has their uh, Amigos. Ami- no, they're not Amigos. Is that what they Amiibos. are? Mm-hmm. Amiibos. Amiibos. Yeah. Yeah. Those are weird. Those have been I saw like those crazy. today. Oh, but yeah, the, there are yeah, some of them. Those that, sell like crazy. They look amazing and people love those figures. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly it was a lot of fun attending Nerdtacular this year, which was a lot of fun for us. Oh, yes. Good uh, times. And for everybody else, hopefully we'll be invited back uh, this year. Um, Without the two weeks of uh, altitude sickness for me, if you would. Well, that's up to you. Uh, um, 
It took forever for me to recover from those mountains, man. Well, it'll be up in the mountains again. So I'm, I'm, I just you I'm probably not, I'm ought to bring your fella. probably ought to bring your oxygen tank and your little uh, that you can How wheel behind you. Dare you? <laughs> How you, dare you? Can wheel you? it behind you and just every five feet. Ah, <sighs> oh, yeah, we that's are, the stuff. Oxygen. That is the stuff. Um, let's see. I'm just, you know, really, I think we've kind of covered a lot of the things that were announced at the San Diego Comic-Con. It looks like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, we had this weird thing with Legend of Korra going on where it was first on TV and then yanked and went online. And then the whole, uh, final season suddenly appeared. And then that really awesome ending where, uh, she walked off into the sunset with her new friend, um, was really, uh, really surprised a lot of people, but it was really cool. Uh, so uh, that was an interesting, just an interesting story by itself. I guess we should have looked at all of our podcast episodes because that would have told us what we were really talking about in 2014. <laughs> well, and I seem to recall us talking an awful lot about The Flash in 2014. Yeah, we did. And and Legend of Korra and and some other things. So mm-hmm. um, I think it was a, I think it was an interesting 2014. That's for sure. Uh, I personally, I am glad that it's over. Uh, I thought this was a horrible year uh, for me personally. Uh, but um uh, I, I have some high hopes for 2015, maybe the odd number of years are the good years. So, uh, hopefully 2014 was interesting for you. Why don't you use the comment section over at majorspoilers.com and, and let us know what you liked or what you remember or what the big things were, uh, in 2014 for you, not personally, but pop culture, comic book related, share them over at majorspoilers.com. And I think we will wrap up the episode right there. Thank you for uh, downloading once again and, and listening to us ramble uh, for the last hour and a half. I'm glad that you are with us each and every week. And, you know, if you have a friend that is into pop culture and comic books and likes interesting discussions, sometimes funny, sometimes serious, sometimes flippant, uh, why don't you uh, turn them on to uh, to Major Spoilers and the, all of the shows in the Major Spoilers podcast network. We would love to see our shows grow. We had over four and a half million downloads in 2014 alone. Nice. And I, th- I would love to see us uh, double that in 2015. And I know we can with your help. If you want to help us, check out our members site, members.majorspoilers.com for all the information. And until next time, keep reading comics because we know that you love comics. and We do, too. And we will talk with you soon. Fat Dick's revision of Superman I could save a few bucks and stand around And read through the covers of the comics on the stand But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds Well, I don't know Guess I haven't thought this all the way through Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew He kicked my butt out on the corner What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such a chance? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm star raving rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine Being in the Middle East With a gangster
Santo and Soldier. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler. Wow, 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 wow. What a major spoiler. Major Spoilers is copyright 2014.